What's up? <laughs> What's going on tonight? We are here on Friday Night Live with accountants, and uh, I have uh, my special friend and guest, Will Lopez, here with Gusto, <laughs> finally on the show. Um, I know you've asked me so many times, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, maybe next Friday, maybe next Friday. It's because you're a busy man of Friday nights. You've got, you got family <laughs> and kids like me and um, other commitments, so... I know it's, you know, I know you stay busy as well. So uh, yeah. I totally, I'm totally glad you could join us. And I, I know we're waiting for Andrew Wall as well. I'm not sure where he is, but he's, he's, you know, being Canadian, he's uh, showing up when he wants to show up. That's I see. Happens. I see. Is that how they roll up there? That, that's how they roll in Canada. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and Hector Garcia is, is doing his uh, family or you know, his, his company Christmas party right now. So, right. okay. looks like, looks like I've got, Andrew here joining. He's raised his hand finally. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you could join us, man. This is this is going to be a great time. Um, so you know, for for those who are not familiar, hey Andrew, thanks for hey, finally guys. joining us tonight. <laughs> Sorry, I have a few technical problems tonight. It's it's just one of those days. Yeah, you look like you're in front of um, some hardwood. Yeah, but yeah, not quite. <laughs> but not quite. Uh, don't see what's behind the curtain. There you go. So, um, so Andrew, you know, Will Lopez, have you guys met before? I don't think we've actually met in person, but I've heard a lot about you. Lots of good things. Obviously I've heard lots about, uh, Gusto and can't wait to hear more and get to know you better. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I, I saw, I saw you floating around at QBC in San Jose. You were kind of doing your thing. You were doing videos and stuff like that. And I was like, ah, oh, there he is. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta, I gotta make sure I'm making a point next time to say hello. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and Andrew, um, much like many other Canadians are waiting for gusto to enter the Canadian market. Yeah, yes, we are. Exactly. <laughs> if, if you want to brave Canadian payroll, which yes. with the WSIB rules that uh, recently changed, that would be literally braving payroll. In Canada. <laughs> we, we have no, neither have any idea what you're talking about. Andrew. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. It's I'm that, just nodding my head. Yes, that sounds yeah, like a special yes. drug, WSID. I'm not really <laughs> um, It's workers' comp. You guys must have something like workers' yes, comp. Yes, yes. Yeah. We do have workers' comp, yes. Um, well, well, Will, just for, for our audience who's not familiar with you or they haven't, they haven't met you, why don't you just give a little bit of background of how you got into the kind of the accounting world, the cloud accounting, and, and your role at Gusto? Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an accountant by trade. There's really nothing, <laughs> nothing beyond that. <laughs> I've been doing accounting my entire professional career. Um, I started in private and about eight years into it, I, I pivoted over to public accounting. Um, my very first kind of accounting related job was for a startup in the Palm Beaches. Um, it was basically like a, a, a startup parking company that took over like some self-park and some valet areas. And I... I basically hired and managed a team of like 70 valeters and, and self-work wow. cashiers and stuff like that and helped them build internal controls. At least I didn't know at the time they were called internal controls, but <laughs> this was like while I was going to college because I was a non-traditional student and uh, you know, my parents couldn't put me through college. I had ruined my opportunity to get into any kind of decent college. And so I had to go to a community college in the Palm Beaches and pretty much worked and paid my way through college. And so it took me a long time to actually get what I needed to get uh, for the state of Florida. And so, but from there, I was just kind of like really scrappy with accounting, mm. worked for um, a company down there called Hippocrates. Oh. And Hippocrates is a uh, health institute is like a really well-known or world-renowned um, health Institute, a raw vegan health institute. And for people, for, especially from Canada, I think a lot of Canadians come to this institute, but people from the UK, Australia, South America, Canada that have diseases, uh, they come and they battle uh, their diseases through a raw vegan lifestyle. Wow, so that's amazing. Yeah, really, really cool spot. I mean, it's, it's, it's right there in Palm Beach. 
but I did there, I was a controller there. So uh, there was the uh, director of finance, Michael Slobodo, who was my boss. And then I ran basically the whole place end to end. And that was actually my first kind of soiree into learning about QBD, Sage, Wow. Mass 90. <laughs> I, I learned how to write crystal reporting. I wrote accounting bridges from not, Chris, not crystal meth, crystal reporting. <laughs> right, right. Oh yeah. We did crystal meth while doing crystal reporting. <laughs> Those and, are some interesting uh, reports, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very colorful. And um, but I built accounting bridges from like a point of sale system to mass 90. I mean, it was just it was a train wreck, man. Like it That's was awesome. such a, it was such a weird experience thinking like man, accounting kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I kind of grew to love it more and more, took some cost accounting in college during that time. And this was like my early twenties. And I was like, dude, I love this stuff. That's so awesome. ended up switching, I think an economics major to, to uh, a major in accounting. And from there I, I was just totally hooked. So I worked for them for a while, took like a year or two off to finish off my, my degrees and just knocked it out. And then during that one or two years, I tried really hard to get a job at public accounting. Hmm. And because I was a non-traditional student and the way I think a lot of the firms in South Florida hire is they hire through the college campuses. And because I was a non-traditional student, I kind of had to prove myself that, that I was qualified to actually work at a firm as a financial statement auditor. And so I was really scrappy. I was like, look, you know, tell me what college student can do equity roll forwards, fixed asset roll forwards. All right. You know, I, I can do them right on the spot. Like who's done accounting bridge work, who can write crystal reporting, you know? And so basically on that sales piece, I, I got a job. I got offered a, a staff position at both ENY and a firm down in South Florida called Daskal Bolton. And I basically just went to E&Y and I was like, look, how fast can I run engagements? And they were like, <laughs> like five to 10 years. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I went to Daskal Bolton and I was like, how fast can I run engagements? And they said, listen, if you're good, 18 months. Oh, and that's awesome. I went Daskal Bolton route. I was there for five years, did financial statement auditing, uh, uh, specialized in 401k compliance audits, private accounting audits. And then actually my specialty was doing uh, multi-entity consolidation. Okay. So I ran engagements on that side and just my skill set in accounting just shot through the roof because, you know, for anyone who's ever worked in financial statement auditing in a, in a hard grinding public accounting firm, your, your technical skills just are, are so yeah. fine at that level. Yeah. And, and especially and, since you, you, you worked in private first and then went to audit where most of your peers probably started right out of college in audit. Correct. So they had way less experience in the yeah. actual inner workings of a private company. And yeah. that's amazing. That must have given you so much perspective when you went into your audits. Which is yeah. Like you know, it gave me a lot of confidence because I was like, it, actually what it did give me was not only confidence, but practical skills. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. It was like, listen, I, I've done migrations from QBD to mass 90, like four times by that point. And I was like, I know like the real world of accounting where it gets like really nasty or when things just don't work and how you got to try to make it work, right? Versus living in a land of theory, right. which is I feel like where you can live in many public accounting jobs if you go right out the gate. And more so, I think if you're in the big four, um, that is you, your expertise doesn't get too refined. It, that's why it takes like 10 to 15 years before you know, you really know you're, you know, you're worth your grain of salt. Wow. Um, and we had a lot of people that joined Daskal Bolton at the time that came from the big four and rarely made it at our practice because our practice was, was uh, extremely senior and manager intensive. So like you had to know your stuff wow. and if you didn't know your stuff and you couldn't run engagements front to back, top to bottom and write financial statement reports, like you were gone because we don't have any, Ain't nobody got time for that. And that's really what it was. Ain't nobody got time for that. And so like, I mean, people would come in with like eight, nine, 10 years of, you know, PwC experience and churn out in three months. Wow. Uh, because they couldn't run engagements. You know, they were, they were, they were thinking too big and rather than just getting stuff done. So was it after that experience, is that when you started getting into the kind of the cloud world? Is that what happened? 
Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much what happened is what happens to almost everybody in public accounting. I got burned out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, uh, funny enough, I, I ran into an old friend towards the tail end of my burnout and uh, he was working for a small uh, public accounting firm doing reverse mergers and triangular mergers. And he was about nine months in, but he had, he kind of had the same route I did. He was very much so in, in pub in private and was really scrappy. And he's like, dude, I'm not liking this at all. And I'm like, I'm five years in, I'm done. Yeah. And so I said, let's just start a practice. That's awesome. We had no clients. We had nothing. <laughs> he had a book of business of maybe like 10, 10 clients that he was working with. I had zero. And, uh, and so we started a practice. I literally gave my firm five months notice. And uh, I, I broke the news to Michael Daskal, who owns Daskal Bolton. Love, love him so much. And uh and said, listen, this is like November. It's like, you know, next season is going to be my last season, but I'm going to work harder for you than I think I've ever had have. And I was putting in probably easily 275 to 300 billable hours a month. And wow. I, was, I was just, I was grinding. Like, I wanted to go out there like, and just kill it. And by doing that actually ended up proving to to my old firm that I really loved what they did I just was not in love with the way it was the and, 260 uh, hours a month <laughs> yeah, yeah you know and uh and basically left and became a contractor for them so like right off the bat they engaged me at like 150 an hour um or like 175 something like that yeah and, and it was to like keep continuity with like five engagements that I was in. So they were like, look, you've proven yourself. You That's gave great. plenty of notice. You didn't quit. You actually took on more work. And uh, we'd like to keep you um, as a contractor. And that actually took a lot of the edge off of trying to hustle for business. And yeah. And then I be actually, I became friends with the founders of Wave Accounting. That's actually how I got into cloud. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. That's small so, world. Yeah, it's super small world. I had, uh, my nephew owned it. So my, my family is extremely entrepreneurial. So my nephew owned a business at the time. And he was like, hey, I need some tax work. I know you're on your own now. So you can do my taxes for my business and myself. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, oh, you could do it. And so yeah. I was like, yeah, sure, fine. Um, sent me financial statements. I'm like, bro, what is this? <laughs> I'm like, I've seen Peachtree. I've seen, I've seen Quick, Sage. Yeah. I've seen QuickBooks. I was like, I don't know what the hell this is. Like great, great planes. Like what, what kind of software is this? And he was like, Oh, it's some app called wave accounting. And uh, yeah, I just go online and I can add you as a, as a, as a collaborator. Wow. So he added me and I was like, dude, this is, this is really different because I didn't go out the gate thinking I was going to go cloud. Right. And uh, but then when I started reading what wave was doing, and this was like 2012, something like that, yeah. maybe 2000. Wow. I was like, man, I think I can scale my practice online with this. Wow. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So I, I started to work with Waves marketing team and their development team, their engineer team between 2012 and like 14. And we even, our practice won like Wave Pro of the year. Oh, cool. Yeah. And this was like at the time when they had a partner program, they no longer do. Um, and they were trying to monetize the platform. You know, they're trying all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And Andrew, they're, they're Canadian, right? Andrew, they are Canadian. Yeah. And okay, my, okay. my stepbrother, yeah, my stepbrother works quite closely with them. He was the recruiter who staffed all the developers on, at their company. And uh, uh, he went out for a big birthday celebration they had out west with one of the partners. So he's in pretty tight with them. Yeah, I, I know them very well. And wow. in fact, part of my journey into the cloud started with Wave Accounting 2. Um, I, I think I actually knew um, Scott Sandbergen, who's now at Intuit, was at Wave at the time, um, got to know him. I was doing a bunch of stuff with, with Wave, came in and met uh, Josh Zwig um, from, from Live CA at one of their events in Toronto, which is what was the, one of the big turning points for me. He then introduced me to Jason Blummer, who then convinced me it was time to cliff jump as he calls it and start my own practice so wow. like if you put all the dots together it was <laughs> the world too small it was yeah. kind of wave accounting that in all sorts of wave yeah. <laughs> yeah i almost want to share my my screen here check this out yes yeah. this, this is my 
my uh this was oh, way there's... back in the day <laughs> that, that is hilarious that is hilarious oh yeah, my god so we we had one wave account you know wave pro of the year and scott was there and a bunch of people were there in fact you'll see some old old photos here i think i think you have a thrival josh, shirt on there's josh swag right there yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. you have a, yeah. and you have a thrival shirt on will i do yeah that's hilarious did yeah, you get thrival too yeah. I, I was in Thrival early on. I wasn't in there the whole time. Let me see what else yeah. is here. Yeah, it was sort of the same. I did it for like a year and a half, two years, and then you got the knowledge and then you moved on, right? Yeah, pretty was much. Jo was Josh an early CPA or Canadian CPA with them too? Or what? What was Josh's role? Actually, I had met Josh when he had first started his practice. He was like, I. so back in like 13, 12, cloud was kind of like the wild wild west at least here in the states yeah and it was very much so a growing thing in like yeah. new zealand australia and a little bit of canada because josh came out and built his firm i had met a few other pros like ryan lazanis of zen accounting yeah. and we had like just touch base because we we're like hey what are you doing and he's like well i'm doing this and what are you doing and it was kind of like trying to learn from wow. people yeah. that were just all over the world trying to like figure this thing out yeah and uh and that's pretty much how uh, you know i met everyone so through the founders and through scott um got plugged in at the time wave was actually running banner ads on the dashboard wow. so we had invested a lot of money actually i hadn't convinced i had convinced wave accounting to say hey listen why don't you let my firm promote its services through your banner ads and so we, I think we were spending like something like $1,500, 2000 a month. And we were buying impressions through Wave. Huh. And, and our firm blew up. Like it went like that because it was, no one was doing it. And I think the only two people that were doing it were me. So our firm, Ryan from Zen. And um, man, I forgot his name, but uh someone else from canada was also buying impressions and we were, i was the only so the connect cpa guys maybe no the only uh, you, you were the only us one doing it i was the only one in the us that was doing it and the leads were just all funneling to us and people were clicking through we had this huge like scheduled appointment and yeah. funnel process and we ended up just i mean the firm just blew up dude that's and, early that's early too that's, yeah, that's early. Really early it's only seven years ago and that's early that's yeah. like early. <laughs> yeah. And so like just early on, I was able to refine our processes to a point That's where, great. you know, we were just, we were gaming the online game. And so we were very much so ahead of the curve and 14, 15, I met Bruce Phillips of HPC, met Blake. And that was kind of when I was starting to like turn towards zero as a platform only because I think wave was kind of just changing their internal and the people had like flipped over, like mm. the, everyone that I had known at wave had turned over. So Scott had left. Um, everybody else uh, had left. Rob Morin was there for a little while. He was, he was a marketing VP of marketing there. Now he's at, I forgot the name of the firm. Oh, Pluto. I think he's the CMO at Pluto now. And um, so did yeah. your firm, did your firm that you had started with your friend, shift to zero or did you go out and start your own firm yeah so um, what happened was uh, my, my good buddy tony and i we ended up just parting ways about two years into our practice okay so i think in like 15 we ended up parting ways maybe late 14 and uh at the time i was building software that integrated into zero so i built uh -oh. a business I, I built a bi tool that was kind of like a kind of if i were to compare like almost like a basic spotlight reporting but it had okay. collaborative features in it so you can you can actually start threads on kpis you can tag people you can have very conversational uh conversations on kpis yeah and at the time and i'm still am to this day very collaborative i love collaborative tools because i don't understand why a lot of these account tech apps haven't built collaboration into right. the product right and what i mean by collaboration is not inviting anybody in i mean like communication tools inside this platform, tagging threads, like all that kind of stuff where you can have real time conversations in what you're looking at mm -hmm. rather than going to be like, okay, that KPI looks really cool. Let me go send an email to Mike right. or Michael or whoever. Right. And it's like, it's so disjointed. And even to this day, it drives me insane because very few apps work like that. Right. Um, 
So anyways, I built that. I rolled my cloud practice into the app, which was, which at the time was called Advisorfy Crunchboards. And that was the app that I had built. And so I rolled my, my Advisorfy Crunchboards to Advisorfy Coachboard because I ended up building the professional side of it on, um, on teamwork. And I, at the time, teamwork enterprise was like $150 a month. Wow. And I saw the vision of teamwork enterprise. So I, I'm still like paying 150 a month for something that I think that from what I hear, it costs like two to $3,000 a month for, wow. so I'm still on the grandfather pricing, <laughs> but I built my entire, and, and like I had full-time developers building stuff for me. Uh, we had built our software and I was just like scaling up online and just trying to, we had a mobile application that we had rolled out. And this was early, man. Like this is 14, 15, early 16. And we were already deep into like cloud 2.0. And so yeah. 3.0. And um, which was cool because at the time we could say we we're the only, literally the only firm that did that. Mm-hmm. Um, other than maybe in Dinero and Bench, no other practice had built software online and integrated with any kind of solution. Right, right. So I, I, I'm proud to say that like our practice was the first that was on Zero's app directory side and the, the partner side um, because we had like integrated in and dominated like both ends of that. So yeah, I mean, it's a crazy That's journey, cool. man. Like That's cool. Who would have thought? <laughs> and now I'm at Gusto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now you're at Gusto. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, what, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, for Andrew and I, we, you know, we're both running firms and the, and, and it's, it's unique because not, you know, obviously not many people that are in your seat now come from running a firm, right? right. They might have just gotten jobs at Gusto and walked away. I mean, it's funny. Uh, when I saw your coworkers at, at, at Gusto or at the quick, QuickBooks connect, um, I saw, you know, we would go out and go out and get, went out at night and I would, I would ask every coworker I saw of yours. I said, did you at any point in your life ever think that you'd be working with accountants? <laughs> and they were like, not at all. <laughs> ever, to the T, I did not plan for this. Totally. And so, but, uh, you know, they love it. They love Gusto. They love working there. And so, yeah. um, so you know, speaking to Andrew and I, and, and, and I'll, let, I'll let Andrew chime in on, on anything. Yeah. Secret, but like, I, I want to know, what's it like on the other side? Like, what's it like? What's it like working for the vendor or supplier to the accounting firm? You know, that's what I'm thinking, you know, or to the, and what was the draw to get you there? Yeah. 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 So, um, I would say right now, like I have no regrets coming over to the other side. In fact, I, I took this decision extremely serious because, well, dude, I built a practice. I, I mean, right. just telling you like my you built too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Too. <laughs> um, but I had invested so much of my life into advice. Like Advisorify is me, right? And like, I wasn't going to take any real opportunity like this lightly. Like, you know, I I wanted to be ensured that if I was going to make a big jump like this, it, it had to be worth it. And I remember, you know, past two, three years, I was getting hired by a lot of these account tech apps. So like Gusto and Xero and uh, Expensify and Bill.com and Veeam. And like, I was on advisory boards to, you know, uh, Spritz and, you know, basically like I'd, I'd spent so much time trying to empower these account tech apps to like, truncate their learning curves with professionals and don't do the same garbage that everybody else is doing and stay edgy and push the industry forward that, you know, I'd work with enough people that I, I had like a short list of people that I firm of app companies that I, that I said to myself, like, you know, if I had any kind of like employment conversation, I'd kind of entertain these and I wouldn't entertain these others. Um, and Gusto was definitely top three for me. Um, because I think over the past like year and a half, I was working with their marketing team doing videos on YouTube for them. So they have a series called Ask Gusto. And so Kenji Koromoto, who owns Acuity, and myself and a few other pros were doing a lot of content generation through Gusto like the past two, three years. 
And so I had worked enough with them and really worked with like their leadership and their marketing team that I was like, man, this like the snazziness from the outside really exists on the inside. And the people are super passionate about SMBs or super passionate about empowering pros and they hire extremely bright people. So I definitely didn't feel like I was like part of the group there. I was like, dude, I am not bright by any stretch of the imagination, but these guys are sharp. So last year at Gusto, so every year Gusto does uh, something called Magic Academy. And Magic Academy is an internal sales enablement multi-day event. So they train their like small business reps, which serves the direct side of the business and their mid-market reps and the partners advisors and stuff like that. And every year they try to bring in pros to speak to the accounting side of it. Like, hey, come in, talk to our people, tell us where the industry is going, share us your thoughts. And it was at that point, this was like July or August of last year that I went there. This was in Colorado. Magic Academy was there. Went there, spent a few more days uh, intentionally because I wanted to be a part of everything. And I'm like, man, this is really amazing. And I was just like being me and just inside these classes and adding feedback where I ended up sitting for about 90 minutes with Lexi Reese, who's our COO, who's an incredible woman. Oh my gosh, she's such an amazing person, incredible visionary and just chit-chatting. And uh, by, by the end of it, she just turned to me and she said, have you ever thought about working for Gusto? And obviously I was like, <laughs> yes, that's great. I appreciate the you know, vote of confidence, you know, thinking like she was kind of kidding. And she was like, no, I'm being dead serious. We, we need help in like these three or four areas in the accountant community building and, and partner programming, a dashboard development and long-term vision of the program. We're, we're trying to ramp up more and more talent that will empower our, our accountants and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I'm like, well, yeah, totally interested. <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, I'm going to have to let the RCMO reach out to you. And I thought, I was like, oh, okay, sounds good. She'll probably touch base with me next week. And in like 60 minutes, I got a text on my phone from Talithia going like, hey, are you available tomorrow morning for coffee right here? And <laughs> yeah. And then so Talithia showed up, Lexi showed up, we had more conversations and that's pretty much where it started. And it went from literally August to March. And uh, I, if, if I had not gone with Gusto, I was going to walk away with a, with a great deal of, of appreciation for how they very slowly and methodically and very passionately let people feel comfortable about their moves to Gusto. Like their employment strategy, the way they, they onboard people, the way they literally treat interviews as like a two-way street, like, hey, listen, we know you have a practice in South Florida. We know it's successful. We know that you're really enjoying what you're doing. So take all the time in the world because at the end of the day, if you're going to make this move, we know it's going to be long-term. And I told them, I said, listen, I'm not going to jump ship. And I don't get tempted by these FinTech apps at all. Like <laughs> if I'm going to have a major career shift, I'm there for the long haul. And uh, like, I've got to do something really stupid or you guys are gonna have to drag me out of that place. <laughs> so uh, anyways, long story short, that's basically how we landed. And so they, I kid you not, I wanna say maybe 25, 30 interviews later and uh, meeting after meeting after meeting and on-site, off-site, virtual, remote. They answered all my questions. I saw like just the potential gusto. Then for me, it was like, listen, are you really gonna double down for accountants? Are you really going to put headcount towards it? Are you really going to have budgets? Like what's the next three-year plan? What's Gusto's vision? Where do they want to be? You know, obviously the pre, uh, hopefully, you know, pre-IPO status, right? Like, and, this, and that's public knowledge. Josh Reeves has said that out loud. Like we want to aim for that, but yet we want to be very thoughtful about it too. So if, it's, if it works, great. If it doesn't, then that's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got money behind the accountant channel. We got passion. We got people. We got talent. We're ramping more and more engineers, uh, more and more talent. So I just saw all that. And I'm like, you know what? I think just where my career has gone, I think this is probably a good time to go. And so yeah. it, and now I'm loving it. I'm like, man, I, I couldn't be more closer to what I really wanted to do or what I've been doing the past three years um, than working for Gusto in this particular area. 
and I'm sure pre pre IPO didn't hurt, and you probably saw probably <laughs> saw that down the path. I, I'm just guessing. Yeah, well, um, when you see things like Bill.com's IPO yesterday and the <laughs> the 61 percent increase, <laughs> you're feeling pretty good about your decision. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> So what you what did you do with your accounting practice? Did you sell it? Did you roll it down? How'd you do yeah. with the accounting practice? Yeah, so um, I cracked it in fourths. Um, there were some clients that I ended up uh, handing off uh, for free to some some good friends that were kind of like getting themselves into the cloud. Um, but a majority of the book I ended up cracking in fourths, and I and I. Uh, transitioned them and sold them to four small cloud accountants that were about 12 to 18 months old. So they right. were super new, super green to cloud, still learning, and basically gave them the tech stack in place, the clients in place, the contracts in place, the subscription fees in place, the whole architecture in place. Uh, took them under my wing, trained them on, on teamwork and just the process flow. So that way, it really transitioned easily. And within one click, I was able to transfer an existing, an entire client's existing relationship documents, video files, conversations from, from myself over to the other pro with like one click. And, and so I was super proud of that. I, I could have easily have gone to friends in the industry that had much bigger practices and said, hey, would you like to buy my practice? And they would scoop it up in a heartbeat um, because all the infrastructure was there. And, uh, and probably more progressive than even some of the leading online firms. Uh, because I had built, I actually built a solution like Practice Ignition before Practice Ignition, before I even knew about it. So like, I remember Guy Pearson, him and I having a chat and he was like reviewing my, my onboarding solution that my, my developer had built where you can pick any plan you want. Uh, my system automated the billing, it sent them the contract, it pushed it into teamwork. We can manage those details behind the scenes. Basically, like, like you know, a practice ignition light is what it was. And so, like, I had I had spent so much money and effort between 2013 and I would say 16 building this infrastructure to scale up hard that I could have gone to any practice and they would have scooped it up. But I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make it easier for people that were new to the game, but kind of like didn't have the knowledge that I had. And, right. uh, and if I could like collapse their learning curve, I was totally going to do it. That's pretty awesome. And to build four firms out of it, as opposed to just yeah. take one big firm and let them, let them right. become another monopoly out there exactly. that no one could compete with. Yeah, you, created, exactly. you created four people that no one could compete with. Yeah, exactly. So it's theirs to lose. It's theirs to win now. So. Yeah. And how, how are those guys doing now? Are they still growing and yeah. using your tools? Yep. So they're still growing, using the tools, super excited. They're leaning harder into the space. Yeah, you know? I bet I'm betting they're Gusto customers. I could be wrong, but <laughs> just, just a guess. A little loyalty. <laughs> yes. A little bit of loyalty. <laughs> That's great. What, uh, I, I wanted to shift gears and, and spend the, the second half of this show talking about this whole concept that you begin introducing, Will. I've got the pleasure of hearing a little bit about it on a call yesterday with you and your, yep. some of your team and um, but also I think it's something that it seems like you're spearheading and leading and being a part of this whole concept of people advisory, mm. um, you know, and, and, and what do I mean by that? Like accounting firms, because most accounting firms are touching payroll, um, many are touching payroll and, and Gusto is a pay, uh, you know, provides a payroll solution. Um, uh, but Gusto has become much more than that now. And it's becoming much more than that. Um, accounting firms tend to touch and give advice around people. I mean, accounting firms themselves are in the, in the business of people, right? right. That's accounting firms. And yet we, we, we often are giving away that advice for free or mm -hmm. at minimal value because, because it's part of payroll. So we kind of, you know, just give the advice and then we move on. Yep. Um, and so I, want, I wanted to talk about just the whole concept of people advisory um, talent management, you know, um, being strategic about our people and how really, um, if, if, if all else is equal and all skill sets end up becoming commodities anyways, because of technology, right. You have left, you have your people, right? right. Those are the only things you really can't commoditize are human beings and, and 
their knowledge base and their talents. And so I wanted to kind of open up that conversation and, and, and say, we're, 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 first of all, let's, let's talk about, is there a definition of people advisory that you've come up with or, or, um, or a few, you know, sets of definitions that you've come up with um, that we can start the conversation around? Yeah, no doubt. So for any competitors watching, I want to let you know that I'm in it to win it and <laughs> we're in it to win it at Gusto. And we really mean that. And uh, basically what, what I was sharing with you yesterday when we were, when we were talking uh, with some of my team members, you know, obviously Gusto had to start somewhere. So it started with payroll, right? So in the days of Zen payroll, um, it started with just core payroll and trying to solve that problem. Fast forward X years, five, six, seven years, it's actually become a lot more. And it's a lot more than payroll. So it offers benefits, HR, the whole thing, right? And the reason why also I made the jump from Advisor Fight Augusta is because a lot of their visioning with trying to empower SMBs and professionals line up with where I firmly believe the industry should be when trying to empower SMBs and professionals. Um, and so people advisory is a... Um, is something that I am personally pushing inside Gusto to, for us to win and to own and, and have a right to own because we've always kept people centric. And so people advisory basically means that, um, that you as a practitioner, based on your judgment, based on whatever valuing mechanism you wish to throw at, at it, uh, will speak into your clients people. So when you look at like traditional stats, you'll see that like any firm that offers any kind of HR advisory work, if they do offer it, it's like 10% of the revenue. And the reason why I think it's so small is because there's really not been any kind of catalyst or enablement movement around formalizing the game plan for what does it mean to engage people? How do we go one click lower as, as a professional to say, look, you wanna engage us as a client? Great, we'll do taxes, your tax planning, your bookkeeping, we'll give the owners consulting. But then when we start getting into things like, you know, peripheral items that the owner may struggle with, like, man, I don't know how to offer benefits to my teams. My teams are unhappy, or I don't know how to create a great place to work or anything like that obviously as pros, and, and I did the same thing when I first started, we kind of shy away from it, right? And so I, I think in my mind, well, right now, people advisory really doesn't have a great definition. You will see us within the next 18 months to five years, create a definition, create a framework, create a methodology that will, that we can hand over to the professional space and say, here is your quote unquote trusted advisor opportunity. Whatever you want to do with it, you can. You can speak into people. You can treat Gusto as a standalone payroll solution, or you can support your clients by providing them a people platform that does a variety of things for, the, for your teams end to end, right? And so it's about, it's, it's about democratizing, right? The resources and the, and the, and the snazziness of what big companies have always been able to do down to the lay business owner and the lay pro, right? And so, you know, that's why I could literally say this, that Gusto will not serve any SMB that has employees greater than 100, not because we're unable to. It's because everyone who's ever tried to help SMBs get tempted by the big companies that come over and say, let me drop a thousand people in your platform. Let me drop 1500 employees in your platform. And they're like, yeah, and they get success out of it. And it's legit. It's okay. You can make that decision. But Gusto is not going to make that decision right now. It's going to double down, triple down between, you know, for the SMBs because they're the, we're serving the underserved. And so, and, and same thing for, 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 for professionals. I mean, professionals who serve SMBs also lack the resources um, to like really serve them. That's why, like, that's why there has been an accounting revolution for, for professionals and SMBs. That's why the past 10 years have just like totally derailed the oh, yeah. industry, right? Oh, yeah. And it's like, what are we going to do with this? And so 
for 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 me at Gusto, it's the people platform at Gusto serves the SMB side. People advisory is something that we're going to formulate, uh, codify, solidify, and empower pros with that they can own that narrative, they can own that that revenue stream, and they can generate an entirely different and uh, alternate revenue stream than the norm through people advisory. And what that looks like is entirely up to them, but we'll give them a framework to it and a methodology to it. Um, and I, I literally see, and I said this uh, yesterday with, to you, Michael, which was like, I literally see in like five to 10 years time, pros having consulting services on their website that say people advisory, and it's gonna be empowered by gusto. We're not gonna dictate price. We're not gonna be dictators. What we're gonna do is we're gonna provide you a new revenue stream, a new way of engaging your client if you wish to engage them in that manner uh, and speak into their people and try to empower SMBs to have, um, to make a great first impression, right? Mm -hmm. To their employees, which people don't ever talk about. Like the reason why small employers or small businesses can't compete with midsize or larger businesses because the midsize and the larger businesses have the structure to support teams right. through, the, through the entire employee life cycle. SMBs are very disjointed in that sense. They can offer payroll, but they can't do benefits. They can offer benefits, but maybe they can't do a 401k and match it. Or, and because, because the processes are so broken at that level, that's why we're trying to stay really hyper-focused between the one and 100 and just go super wide, make it really seamless, and then give a playbook to the pros and say, run with it. Mm. Go, go push them in that's that direction. Good. You own it. You, you're, and, and in quite honestly, I, I, because I oversee and advise the partner program at Gusto, I've told Gus, I've told the executive team, look, we got to take the backseat to the pro every single time. All we got to do is just empower them, give them the tools, mm -hmm. and we're not going to dictate price. We're not going to dictate how they do it. We're just going to give them the framework, the methodology. We'll take the backseat. We'll make them look like champs because that's exactly what they deserve because they work so hard for it. They, they, they spend their, you know, they spend nights and weekends serving this space. There's no reason why we, sh we need to be stealing glory from these people because there's no reason for that. That's good. And Andrew, what, what, what does that look like at your firm? Like, are you guys doing that kind of consulting that people, no, not, people or anything not, like that? Not at all. Um, and that's why, I mean, this is, I mean, sounds like an amazing concept, right? Like not only are you going to give me a, a new revenue stream, you're going to give me the playbook and not only the playbook, you're going to give me the tools. Well, once you're in Canada, you're going to give me the tools. <laughs> uh, so I'll have to figure out how we're going to make this come to Canada. Like that, that's my big question for you. Will. When and how are you guys going to bring something like this? Will you be coming up and teaching that advisory component, the people advisory component up here in Canada and just saying, okay, for the time being, you know, here's some other partners you could work with, or are you just going to sort of say, we don't see you, Canada, like so many app partners do. Nah, we totally see Canada. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'd love to say that uh, we're, we're trying to aim up there. Uh, but I think there's still so much that we want to do with what we currently have built out that when the time comes um, for us to say, let's think geographically around the world and spreading gusto to other countries, by that point, the, the, the framework, the methodologies, the playbooks, you guys are just going to reap huge rewards from it because it, it yeah. will be built by that time. Yeah. I mean, I can say right now um, that uh, I hired uh, an amazing, uh, amazing individual, individual Jacqueline Anko, who's our now our um, partner education manager at Gusto. So for the, for the first time ever, we're going to build certification courses and work um, at Gusto to, wow. for, you to, for you to get certified in people advisory. Wow. And so building the architecture and the framework that will help partners truncate the learning curve on what that concept looks yeah. like, yeah. but yet not inundate them with too much progressiveness, but take them on the journey, at least show them what the vision may look like. And we will aim for that North Star through our education and through our framework as we continue to build out the platform and stuff like that. So, and that's what's really exciting. It's, 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 you know, I personally feel like when you look at competitors like 
ADP, Paychex, Benefits, Rippling, all these kind of companies, I think that Gusto has a real legit opportunity to, to change the industry for the better, not only for the owners of businesses, but for partners, yeah. right? For yeah. partners to like create new revenue streams, to create a new gameplay, game book. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, 10 years ago, trusted advisor was not a thing. And Zero pushed that forward so hard and they did so much grassroots effort that it became a thing and other pet competitors adopted it and started moving it forward. So I think we can do the same thing with people advisors as we can, we can own that. That could be like the next thing for the next decade. And then other companies will start to emulate. And as far as I'm concerned, Hey, imitation is the best form of flattery. Mm-hmm. And what that means is the entire industry moves forward. So if we, if we're the catalyst to moving the industry forward in this respect, then I, I'm totally glad to do it. Let me let me tell you something, Will. When when Michael proposed this topic to me, he said, "People advisory. You want to talk about people advisory tonight?" I said, "Absolutely." What is that? <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, I, I I had no idea what it was until today, but you guys have managed to get me pretty excited about this concept. Um, I guess the question is, as a Canadian, can I come and do this certification, even though I know some of it's going to be very obviously U.S. centric? It still sounds like it would be something of interest to me. Are you going to have room for? For some Canadians to join that advisory panel as well. Well, looks like Andrew's Canadians. Looks like looks like Andrew's volunteering to be a guinea pig for you. I'm volunteering to be a guinea pig. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, listen. uh, You know what's so good is no one owns the concept of trusted advisory or 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 even transformational advisor work, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're they're concepts that belong to everyone, to all pros, in my opinion. So if we end up building some sort of uh, baby infrastructure. Uh, an architecture that speaks to people advisory that's a concept anyone can own anywhere for any reason right and it it, it's an approach really it's a methodology um you know it's like the sandler methodology right which is a sales methodology yeah i've taken sandler training yeah so i mean we've taken sandler training we actually implemented sandler training at gusto for partner advisors for the partner advisor team that serves accountants and they have no claim to fame to salesmanship, right? And so that's not, that's not their gig. Their gig is to show you a methodology that works and that is effective uh, for a particular reason. And we wish to do the same thing for, for people. So we will create a methodology that works, that makes sense, and that keeps your client's people centered. And we will give you the methodology and the architecture that goes around that. And you can run with that methodology any country because every country has payroll. So it's up yeah. to you to own and, and morph into and, and, you know, mutate into whatever you want it to be. Because I would imagine that the concepts are the same. Maybe the benefits package and the HR tools right. will be slightly yeah. different, but the concepts of adding, okay, these are the types of basic, you know, components to a good HR or, or a good people plan. Um, these are the components. This is how you structure it. This is how you recommend it. It's going to be universal. It's just, you know, we will have the downside of not, not being able to use Gusto's tools in that product suite. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You'll At have the methodology until... down, but you won't have, you know, your, your tools will be a little disjointed. Right. And we but won't have you... those until you're here in Canada, which is next year. Right? You committed to that? <laughs> yeah. Andrew, is, is, no is, there, is there anybody, Andrew, in Canada that is kind of owning the payroll HR space right now? That's where that really stands out. It is similar no, no, to if, if they are, they're sort of flying under the radar or maybe more on that, on the zero side. Cause you know, I'm, I'm still relatively new to the zero community. So I don't know everyone there yet, as well as I know in the, in the Intuit community. Um, but I would say that there's no one who um, stands out to me in the Intuit community as owning HR as a process. You know, people seem to be more focused around certain, you know, I mean, barely even certain niches, right? There's still only a few people who are really branching heavy into niches, let alone now, you know, we have some talk about advisory and, you know, there's a few CFO companies out there, but, you know, we're in Canada still, I guess, relatively behind in in some of those those leading edge concepts. Hmm. You know, it's getting pushed hard at the conferences, advisory, 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 advisory. Um, Haven't seen anyone come out and, really own the advisory space or if they are they're doing it under the table because they want don't want anyone else to know how they're doing it um and and that's a possibility uh and certainly even 
the people that I hear generally speaking about advisory, I'd never heard anyone talk about people advisory. Like I said, until you, you messaged yeah. me this, this afternoon, Mike, and I'm like, absolutely. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I think one of the things that, that, I, you know, when you think about pros, when you think about especially accounting firm owners, firm owners, one of the things we're going to have to first start off, start off with is, and I know this because I talked to so many firm owners, is just figuring out how to be better at our own people management, our own yeah. culture yeah. creation, our own, um, because firms, there's just so too many in the industry now, um, still, probably still the majority that are thinking in a very traditional way, yeah. require, requiring very traditional cultures you know, wear suit and tie, come to the office, even though you don't talk to anybody, you're working on your computer, you're not working unless you're in the office. Um, things like that, where they haven't, firms haven't stretched themselves on culture yet, or stretched themselves on how they can be innovative internally. Um, and so a, a part of it goes is, I think accounting firms have to go a long way in actually modeling, more accounting firms have to start modeling that they're an envious place to work like any other company, right? Mm -hmm. Where right now the envious place to work seems to be tech startups or these really great brand startups that are out there that people want to go and clamor to work for. But when's the last time you, you heard somebody say that accounting firm, I don't know anything about accounting, but I, I am going to try my damnedest to get a job there because yeah. the culture there is so absolutely amazing. And I think if more and more accounting firms could actually put them up bring themselves up in that space level i think that's, that that would be that amazing. is starting to happen you look at live ca and live ca has done a really good job of that idea yeah. of culture and getting people clamoring to work for them yeah arguably the best and you've got my mind spinning when you start talking about oh well you got to do it for yourself and and it made me think that there might be one firm who is starting to own the advisory the people advisory side of it but they, they've started doing it not as advisory necessarily to their end clients, advisory to other accountants. And that's ah. Juliet Aurora and their ninja training program. One of their components is a hiring process. And I've, I've been to her class on, on the hiring aspect. And it's just one, obviously one component of the HR. But that's the only person I know who's even touching on really any component of it. And it, it was like one of the better attended sessions, breakout sessions, mm. you know, because everyone knows that hiring and human resources is an area that we could all get better at. Yeah. Right. 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 That, yeah. That, that's, that's really exciting. Will, and I, I'm glad that um, you're beginning to chart this path. I think that this is going to be um, a huge opportunity over the next five years. And, uh, and we know how long it takes for accounting firms to adopt things. So it's going <laughs> to take some time, but yeah. you're going to get pioneers, you know, early pioneers in it too, I think. And, and I would say, you know, reconciled, we, we actually, I actually started it started a separate company called humanly just to start thinking through this whole HR advisory, people advisory issue, because yep. that was the second most asked question next to accounting questions was, well, we got people questions. And I said, well, and like, like, like you said, I, we went, well, we're the accounting firm. We're not the people firm. Totally. And then I went, okay, well, I want to solve this, but I, 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 I I'm not there yet with the tools and where, what the approach is. So we started a separate thing. Yep. Um, so hearing this is really exciting. Um, and I think that's going to be a great, great. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, what's interesting is when you look at just the accounting revolution happening and all these account tech apps coming out, I mean, you have a thousand plus apps out there right now, right? Man, eight years ago, that was not the case. <laughs> right. A couple dozen tops. Yeah. And but you, but you think about like this, the, the problems that are solving, which are, which are plenty and they're solving them great, regardless of whatever the app is. What you don't see is this combination of, of, of innovation and enablement. Hmm. You're, not, you're not seeing the tech in touch, yes. what I call tech in touch aspect to innovation. They innovate and they don't spend time trying to really think through things and like, what does this mean? How can a firm owner adopt it? How can we help them collapse the learning curve? What can we give them as far as like playbooks, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So like, you know, for me, not only do I want us to solve the people 
you know, employment thing from end to end in the, in the people journey. But I also want to help accountants, whether or not they adopt it or not, it's an entirely different question, right? Um, I want to give them at least something to glean from to say, you know what, I, I, I don't see myself and I don't have the skill set to actually do people advisory, but this gets me one step closer and I feel like I can probably do basic aspects of people advisory by a combination of gusto tech and gusto touch. And, um, and that's exciting because that's how you kind of get the, you kind of get the ball rolling and maybe in a decade or two, people are actually kind of doing it. Um, but you got to like, just throw all you can at it and try to push the industry forward. Then for those who are early adopters, like, like we were, like you guys are, I mean, it gets ours to own. Then you can just run in that direction. You can totally adopt it. You innovate pricing off of it. You can roll it in your fixed pricing, your valid pricing. It doesn't even matter. And you can just spin it, make it, make it yours. So that's, what's really exciting is, is trying to help people get a little closer to that, to that end of the, of the spectrum. That's really, that's really, really cool. Well, this is, this has been an exciting, uh, exciting topic. I think there's more we're going to hear from you, Will, and we're going to see more from Gusto in this. And uh, so I want to make sure we have you back again where we can have a longer discussion. <laughs> yeah. When you guys roll out the Gusto certification part of this, I definitely want uh, to talk about that and learn more about it. 2020. Um, yeah, 2020. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, as we go into the holidays here, uh, I'd love to hear from, from, from each of you, what's something, you know, super exciting for the holidays you're going to be doing uh, with your family or friends. Uh, what, what is that going to look like? Uh, Andrew, why don't you kick us off there? Uh, tax planning. With your family. December is a pretty busy month for, for me. Um, last minute source deduction planning for the year. Um, so I'll be pretty busy through the holidays, unfortunately. Um, like usually right up to December 24th, we're in the office. Wow. Yeah. And then I'm back on the 27th. Um, it's, it's a busy month for us. Uh, I will usually get away for a couple of days. Um, usually we go up um, to Horseshoe Valley, which is like a real, like for Vermont, you'd laugh at it as a hill, but we get up there for a couple of days of skiing. <laughs> um, and then we do a big New Year's celebration at my dad's cottage with okay. the, just the family and stuff like that. So it'll be fun, but it'll be literally just a couple of days and, you know, back into the office for me. Uh, so not terribly, terribly exciting, but uh, we'll make the most out of it. And uh, I'm sure my kids will be happy as long as the tree is full of presents. <laughs> That's great. How about you, Will? What, what are you going to be doing for the holiday? Dude, I'm just looking forward to a break because I, I don't think I've taken vacation in like a year and a half, maybe two ah. years. So <laughs> That's good. Flying down to South Florida on the 19th next Thursday, going to spend time with my in-laws, uh, see my dad, see my family, um, and just try to like, unplug that's great and uh yeah and i'm, I'm kind of yeah i'm kind of glad i'm not doing uh tax planning <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. well i definitely will not be doing tax planning during the holidays we don't even you... i don't even know how to do that so i'm thankful <laughs> um i live in an i live in a house it's kind of a funny christmas was the um probably the most heated discussion in our early on in our uh engagement period and into marriage because I am not a big Christmas person. Uh, I, I never really was a big deal growing up. And even though I'm a, even though I'm a Christian, I don't, uh, I don't make a big deal about the Christmas holiday. Right. Uh, and, but my wife growing up in Vermont, idyllic Vermont, snow, red candles, sleigh rides, Santa, yeah. sleds the whole thing it's a yeah. big deal Santa has an hq there in vermont yes yeah yeah he's he's literally got like a second or third home here <laughs> um you know and so um, i've had to learn to adapt and embrace the celebratory part the american celebratory part of christmas and not feel like i have to make anything religious out of it um because i just yeah. i haven't i haven't made a big deal of that growing up and so um, so yeah, so I'm going to enjoy that with the family and, and, and probably, we'll probably have some ham or roast beef or whatever. And uh, I'll be Is missing the tree up. The Is tree's the tree up. up. The tree's been the tree's up. up. Yeah. The tree's been yeah. up and, uh, there's a ton of presents underneath. Usually my wife ends up buying most of them and I have to 
only worry about the gift I buy for my wife. So like, that's like <laughs> the one thing she she makes me focus on, which is great. Yeah. So, at I, least you know what that one thing is. My wife doesn't yes. tell me. She's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, dude, you're not making this easy. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Buying for our wives is like the worst torture. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what do you want? What can I get you to really make this exciting? And so yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I well I hope you guys all have both have a happy holiday. Andrew, you gonna. You have the the audio for the for the ending here. Let's see if I can us. get it to work. Yeah, I if, not, I if not, I got it. Got it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I hope you can get it to work because. Yeah, oh wait, I, I, I got I got it in a really bad. Yeah, let me let me let me go ahead and do it. Let me do it here. Uh, all right. <laughs> Join Andrew Wall, Hector Garcia, and Michael Lee. One mission, one rule, make accounting fun. Welcome to Friday Night Live with Accountants. Are you ready? One, two, three, pause, go. Yeah. You got that better with your phone up to the mic than I can get it with this, all this technology <laughs> I have going on. I can't even get it to work. Oh, it's driving me nuts. Well, have a happy um, holidays, guys. We'll talk to have you. Have a happy holidays. And, uh, and for those of you who are watching, we posted our um five minute flash reel from the qb connect so for yeah. those of you who didn't go to qb connect toronto check it out have a look and see how much fun we had uh, up here in toronto all right guys see you guys awesome okay. hey Bye thanks for, for having me on definitely thanks. have a good weekend Bye -bye. Right. See you.